We're taking a break from our series on the Gospel of Mark for this service today. We'll be looking at John chapter 13, verses 21 to 32, especially on the theme of love betrayed. I'm a Toronto boy, so St. Clair is part of the scene near where I grew up. At the old St. Clair slaughterhouse in West Toronto, when cattle were taken off to be killed, you could smell or sense something which warned of danger. The cattle refused to move. The clever slaughterhouse operators had devised a, a way of getting around the problem. They kept a special cow on the premises. And the special cow even had a name. And in line with our scripture today, his name is Judas. When the animals were ready for slaughter, they were led from the stockyards by the Judas cow to move the herd. The Judas cow will cross St. Clair Avenue and pull over to the side while the cattle will continue up a ramp to the killing floor where a worker with a rifle was waiting them. And we know what that meant and we know what the end of that was to be. See, Canadian cattle led to the slaughter by a Judas cow. Go figure, even the cattle had a traitor. Someone said that from the biblical days to the race to colonize the new world to the situation in the Middle East today, human history has been dotted with self-serving traitors and collaborators who have betrayed their peoples and their nations. But in the end, not anyone or everyone had a chance to enjoy the fruits of their betrayal for long. Judas Iscariot, in our text today, was one of them. He was not alone, though. For example, a study of the life of Julius Caesar, the Roman emperor with his traitorous friend, Brutus, would be incomplete. In other words, you needed Brutus in that story of Rome. Benedict Arnold and the American Revolution would be another traitor. But let's get back to John's gospel. John's gospel inserts the betrayal by Judas within the context of Jesus washing the feet of his disciples. Here we see how low Jesus humbled himself. He did something that not even Jewish servants would do. The task of washing the feet of guests in the ancient Near East was regulated to non-Jewish servants, not Jewish servants. But in John's Gospel, it's Jesus, the one who ranks in superiority, washing the feet of those who are inferior, Remember at the beginning of John's Gospel when John the Baptist says, the one who comes after me ranks ahead of me. So Jesus is the superior one and he's bowing down and washing the feet of those inferior to him. Yet Jesus does not complain. He washes their feet willingly. It was Jesus who took the initiative and disrobed himself to prepare for the washing. Yes, even Judas, the traitor's feet, were washed. Something else they did in the beginning of John chapter 13, they celebrated the Passover and recalled the story of the exodus from Egypt and the faithfulness of God towards the people of Israel. And yes, Judas drank from the same cup, ate from the same loaf that the others ate as Jesus announced a new covenant where he says, all of humanity will know that you are my disciples by the love that you have one for the other. Is Judas going to pass the test? Well, we know the answer to that, don't we? But right after that glorious moment of the foot washing, 
Jesus the servant king, Jesus came out with the shocking statement that, the, that one of them was going to betray him. Nobody had any idea who he's talking about. Tom Wright notes at this stage, the medieval paintings of the Last Supper get it wrong. They tend to show Judas as a very obvious traitor, as you can see in the picture depicted behind me, with his clothes, his face, his money bag, and his body language, all telling us that he's the one. <laughs> but even the 11 around the table didn't know. Judas was simply one of them. He's been on the journey with them all, seeing the miracles, seeing the demons cast out, and so on and so on. No one spoke out and said, it's got to be Judas. I never trusted him anyway. At this point, you're probably thinking, how could Judas betray Jesus? Especially after seeing Lazarus coming back to life. Was it merely for the money? Is it simply a case of greed? Let's hear what John says in chapter 13. After he had said this, Jesus was troubled in spirit and testified. It's breaking his heart. Very truly, I tell you, one of you is going to betray me. Later on in verse 25, he says, leaning back against Jesus, Peter asked him, Lord, who is it? Well, nosy Peter again. In the other gospel accounts, we hear the refrain, Is it I, Lord? Or surely you don't mean me, Lord? Even Judas uttered this refrain, but substituted rabbi for Lord. He wasn't even willing to call him Lord, Master, just rabbi, teacher. Then John has Jesus telling us exactly how this is going down. Jesus answered, It is the one to whom I will give this piece of bread when I have dipped it in the dish. Then dipping the piece of bread, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. As soon as Judas took the bread, Satan entered him. We're not saying that Judas is demon-possessed here, just as Satan entered him. So Jesus told him, what you are about to do, do quickly. No one had a clue what was going on except Jesus and Judas. But here we have the echo of Psalm 41 verse 9 coming into this narrative where we read the psalmist's words, Even my close friend whom I trusted, he who shared my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. In other words, has betrayed me. See, Judas was sitting in a place of honor near Jesus. He was, of course, the treasurer of the unit of 12. It is here that we see how evil creeps in between the cracks at the very moment when love, the servant king, is washing the feet of his disciples and love is going to its limits. And this is a foreshadow of the event of the cross that will come in a day or so. So John 13 moves from love portrayed to love betrayed. We pick on Judas quite a bit for his betrayal of Jesus. But he wasn't the only one who denied Jesus or betrayed him. The others did as well. In different ways, they all betrayed Jesus, their leader. Have we betrayed him as well in our daily lives, in our journey with him? 
Betrayals is nothing new to our world. We mentioned that in the introduction. Maybe some of you have been betrayed. Maybe you've been betrayed by your family members. You know the scene from The Godfather, Alfredo, the middle brother, in the classic Godfather movie series, who was passed over by his younger brother, Michael, and felt he deserved to be the head of the crime family when his father and his older brother died. And when Michael finds out about his betrayal and confronts Alfredo, and Fredo finally says what was in his heart all along. I'm your older brother, Mike, and I was stepped over. Is that how you feel at times? Stepped over? But is that a good excuse to betray even your family? Being stepped over. Is that how you feel in your family, in your workplace, in your community, in your church? Is that what Judas felt here? Stepped over by Peter and John and James, the inner circle of Jesus' entourage? Judas was not doomed from birth. Let's just settle that right now. He doomed himself with his own choice of betrayal. And it is sad that he committed suicide later on. See, in John's gospel, we have Jesus flanked by love and betrayal. Why, isn't that where we all are in life? Love and betrayal. Perhaps it's always like that. They always go together in life. The joy and the agony, the intimacy, and then the knife in the back. In the back. The knife in the back. I don't know if many of you can remember the old R&B song by the OJs, Backstabbers. They're smiling in your face all the time. They want to take your place. Those backstabbers, backstabbers. I know we need a little bit more liveliness in it. But that's how the song went. All the time they want to take your place. The backstabbers. They're part of our world, part of our environment. Politics, education, sports, they're there. But why is it always your friends, your family, your church that stabs you in the back? Those you love, love portrayed, love betrayed. You put on a big meal, you feed them at your tables, in your houses or at the restaurant, you take them out and pick up the tab and then betrayal comes. Betrayal cuts deep, especially from a person we have an intimate relationship with. Jesus knows this full well. He had a good relationship with Judas. How does Jesus react to his betrayal? Was he upset? I would think so. He's troubled in spirit, the scripture tells us. Did he retaliate? No. Woven between the acts of betrayal and denial are the acts of love. Jesus washing the disciples' feet and the command to love one another in the body of Christ and beyond. <laughs> Even though Judas betrayed Jesus, he was not beyond redemption. Hello? There is hope in the gospel message. Peter denied Jesus three times, and yet Jesus restored Peter three times. Don't you wish that Judas could have experienced that joy of forgiveness and that restoration through redemption for betraying Jesus before he took his own life? 
We must never forget that no one is beyond the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. That's important as we study John's gospel. And C.S. Lewis is the line, the witch in the wardrobe. The white witch promises to, to make Edmund king, along with all the Turkish delights that he can eat. If only he betrays his siblings and delivers his siblings to her. This offer is too good to be true, unaware of her true intentions. Edmund agrees and keeps their plan from his brothers and sisters. Whoever spills, spills the beans on a betrayal plan. When his siblings discover what Edmund has been up to, they are heartbroken. Family betrayal cuts to the heart of being. C.S. Lewis does not end with betrayal, praise the Lord, and the gospel doesn't end with betrayal. Later on, Edmund comes to his senses, repents, and is forgiven by Aslan. And Aslan said, what is done is done. Aslan forgives Edmund, and later on, so do his siblings. There is redemption even for the betrayals of the, by the betrayal in this world. <laughs> No one is beyond redemption. Now, hopefully you got that today. For the Apostle Paul says that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Love overcomes a multitude of sins, even the sin of betrayal. Amen and amen.